0: I didn't even know his old lady, and then he grabbed a hold of me and got me down on the ground, and it was kind of hurting my knees. Well, I didn't want to kill him, so I just chewed part of his ear off.
1: <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. You were tuned in, and we had to cut the last one short, because mom came home, but uh, what do they say, strike while the iron's hot? <laughs> I, uh, I'm i not sure um, how many these dad podcasts I'm going to be getting in the near future, going abroad and shit, so I'm trying to uh, get them while I can. Um, and so if you tuned in to part three, you got a bit of the strike story, and then we were in Florida, where Pops was uh, catching up with an old childhood friend that he tracked down, um, who had seen some pretty intense time in the Vietnam War, and, uh, Pops went out to find him in Gainesville, Florida, and they had a little bit of a biker, mini biker compound (laughs) set up, um, Which Pops was was kicking it with them, and and they were kind of swapping stories and catching up. So, if I remember correctly, Padre, um, we finished it off, and he had shared with you kind of what he had been going through. And um, how many days did you spend in total with him? I think six. Oh, you almost spent a week out there. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so... might
0: have been a Monday, and then, well, maybe five. I think it was a... Um, I think, um, I got there on a Monday and left on Saturday. I, wow. I, I think. It's a long time ago, but I'm, I think that was the...
1: And okay. at the time, you only had eight days to get up to Maine, right? Or New York? Uh,
0: upstate New York. Sherburn at the Rogers Center.
1: Right. So that gave you <clears throat> two days to, to travel up there?
0: Yeah. So I actually had a couple, uh, you know, the, it's been a long time, but it, the, I had a little, I had a little bit more leeway. It wasn't that
1: tight. Oh, okay, cool. But, um... So you're, so I think we're in like day two or three. Yeah, time. so. It probably goes pretty quick.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, the days were kind of a blur. I mean, I, you know, being a sixth grade middle school teacher hanging out with this group of bandits more or less. Uh, it oh, was, that's right. We were talking about the criminal element. Yeah, so, um, you know, and I I, I understood. I, I, I got it, you know. I mean, from looking at it, f- thinking about you know what politicians and corporate men do, you know, when you think about the military industrial complex that feeds off of war and that, you know, during the Vietnam War, and I would actually say the war in Afghanistan, the war in Iraq, um, you know, wealthy men with interest and profit as a main motivation, they will they will use the foreign policy uh, instrument to get engage us in conflict with where it's the boys and the young men that that do the dying and the suffering and that's you know the PTSD is you know they these young guys myself included you know you go into the military thinking all this patriotic altruistic notions of fighting for your country and then you get into these you get into these conflicts and if you Um, are in a violent side of it and you then come home and um, realize that you've been bushwhacked yeah that then uh, it that's when the the nightmares come and the, the you know the mental anguish so critter I mean, I, you know, I, I understood that, you know, why he was doing what he was doing at that point, because he, now he was just using his skills yeah. to his own advantage and, um, hmm. doing what he was good
1: at. Did he tell you much about it? Of what it no, was? he, just he kinda... you
0: know, cause he was still engaged in it. So yeah. he pretty kind of kept it close, you know, I mean, uh, you know, he kind of intimated what he was up to, um but the one of the inter, the most interesting i well not one of the most the other interesting thing that happened was so friday night rolls around and it's it's going to be the big night out and his sister debbie what who i would spend time with later um told me looking back at this period that when we connected with her brother critter that it was almost like they, well they weren't showing off, but they were kind of, he was really kind he of wanted to show you a good time. He wanted to show me a good time. So Friday night rolls around. And so critter says they're going, they're going into town and I'm welcome to, um, you know, they're going to go to this bar, you know, and, uh, that I'm welcome to drive there and meet them there. And so I said, well, can I can I ride with you on your motorcycle? Yeah. And he says, well, you know, it's it's kind of just what the old ladies do. Mm-hmm. I said, well, I don't care. Yeah. And he goes, well, if you don't care, I don't care. So late in the afternoon on Friday, they get dressed up. Everybody gets cleaned up, you know, takes a bath, you know, with the, the water that's around. And... They, these guys, they, they you know, they've, they've got all the the Jean Jack. I mean, all the stuff. Wild Bear, he puts a shotgun across his handlebars on his big old Harley Hog, and Mose and Marin are on his mo. The, the, I'm sorry, the Pollock and Marin uh, on his motorcycle, and then Wild Bear, and then I get on the back of Critter, and then we take off. You know, and I've never really been on a chopper before. You know, I keep thinking, it's like, I'm on an engine with two wheels. I mean, they're huge, yeah. you know, and they're bum, 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 and we get out on the road. And, of course, all I can think of is I, I keep thinking back about Jack Nicholson, and easy rider, when he rides with one of the, you know, there's Peter Fonda and... Um, I can't remember the other guy.
1: Pop, I'm going to be honest, I've never seen it. Oh. I know it's a classic, though. It's
0: a classic. Well, Jack Nicholson kind of plays like an insurance guy who winds up with these two guys, and he's on the back of one of their motorcycles. Well, that's how I kind of felt, you know? And so we're, we're... We get on this two-lane blacktop, and then we kind of get into this four-lane. It's not an interstate, but it's a four-lane coming into Gainesville. And that's when the traffic starts picking up. And that's when these guys start picking up speed. And, you know, they're, they're not slowing down for anybody. And I'm on the back of this great big old machine, and, they're, you know, we're coming up, and there's like a tractor-trailer on the right, and this car is passing the tractor-trailer on the left, and Critter... Who I think he had't know if he was out front or we I don't know where we were in this you know this threesome, but all three motorcycles just go right up between the car in the tractor trailer. I mean, I could have put my feet out and hit the tractor trailer on one side and the car on the other. It was like, vroom, we just roll right between this. Like, holy shit. So <laughs> then we start coming into like suburban Gainesville and we start coming into these four lane. There's these, you know, intersections with traffic lights with, you know, this, but they're four, there's four lanes of traffic to, you know, it's, it's not just two roads yeah you know there are four lanes right so there's two four six eight right there's coming into the section light. these guys they just roll up and whether the light is green or it's red it doesn't make any difference it's just boom 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 they just roll right through the intersections and of course people are looking around and i'm and i've never even run a stop sign before (laughs) in my life and i'm thinking holy mackerel i've broken i've done more Unlaw-abiding stuff. And the past know? few
1: days that i have in my life. So
0: ride. I'm just hanging on for the ride, and then it was like classic. We come up to an intersection where I guess when the way the light changed, they actually had to slow down, and we roll up on the left-hand side, and there's like a family car on the right with the mom, typical mom and dad with the kids in the back seat, and we roll up alongside of them, and you can I look over and I can kind of tell the mom and the dad are saying don't look at him don't look at him just look. and the kids of course are all they just want to look at us you know and the, you can tell the dad he's not turning his head to look to his left he's looking straight ahead he doesn't even want to see us and i'm and i'm sitting on the back of critters motorcycle looking at the kids i just want to say hey i'm just a sixth grade
1: <laughs> teacher you know
0: so anyway we we go to the the apartment where i first went
1: yeah you know, yeah
0: came into town but now, critters, both his sisters are there. They've mm-hmm. come up. And, and I don't know if it was, I don't know if he knew they were coming or not. I mean, there's no cell phones or any of that stuff. So, anyway, now it's kind of like a party. So now they start breaking out the tequila with the lemons and the salt. I've never done it. I mean, I've just was, you know, drank a couple beers, you know. Yeah. So now I'm doing tequila with salt and drinking beer. And then we're going out after it gets dark so everybody's on the motorcycles critters sister they didn't they didn't come with us first we just after dark we roll out to this like a country bar and as soon as and now we've picked up some other bike i don't know how many of us there are now we we pull into this parking lot and before they even shut their motorcycles off like the owner or the manager comes out you know he's got a cowboy hat on and you know all that stuff and he comes out and he goes oh no no please please don't come in last time you guys came in i lost business people left they haven't come back you know and like well and then you know critter just says like, well fuck you if you don't want our business we don't want to be here so we get back on the motorcycles and we go back closer into gainesville but now we kind of go like to a, a bar that's kind of a um it's kind of eclectic because there are bikers in there, there's college students, there's construction, you know, a lot of different young people, because all these I like everybody's in their 20s, yeah. you know, I guess I'm in my, yeah, I'm in my late 20s. 20s too, so we go in, and, you know, I'm trying to maintain some semblance of sobriety, <laughs> but, you know, still drinking beer, and the guys are shooting pool, and, you know, it's, it's late, I mean, you know, and so. it reaches a point where the crowd starts thinning out so it's like obviously it's time to go home so I'm looking around because I haven't seen Critter in a little while and I thought well he must be outside so I go walking out of this bar and then when I walk out there's like an asphalt parking lot with street lights up and there's like a big circle of people in this parking lot and I'm
1: break dancing I'm sure
0: yeah and (laughs) so I'm thinking ooh that's kind of like a fight you know like Everybody looking, you know, like in a big circle. Yeah. So I'm thinking, oh, crap. So I kind of start moving around the edges looking for Critter, and I can't find him. And then I hear this voice coming from the two guys that are on the ground. I hear this voice say, if you don't let me up, I'm going to kill you. And then everything, you know, gets real quiet and Oh wait a minute! Is that right? Yeah, and then the then it gets kind of real quiet, and then you this woman you know a young woman who's around she comes up and goes, "Oh, you bikers! Whenever you're around, there's always trouble." And Wild Bear standing there, and he goes, "Rawr!" and he just pushes her and you know throws her up against a car hood, you know. And I'm thinking, Jesus Christ! So then I'm thinking, holy shit! that was, that's critter. This, something's wrong. This guy, number one, wouldn't start a fight. And number two, if he was in a fight, it wouldn't last long because he's killed too many people up close. You know, It, it wouldn't, it just, he's a warrior, you know? So I'm thinking, God, something's going on. So I'm trying to push my way closer. And then I hear my buddy's voice. And and these two guys are still on the ground, you know, on the the asphalt. Are they, like, tussling? Well, now they're just kind of, you know, lying Mm -hmm. there. But they're, you know, like, holding on to each other. Yeah. And then you hear this voice say, Say, let me go. And the other guy goes, let me go. And then Dickie's, critter's voice goes, Say, let me go, Please. And the guy goes, let me go please. And then the other boy says, say let me go please Dickie. And the guy goes, let me go please Dickie. And then he says, say let me go please Uncle Dickie. And the guy goes, let me go please Uncle Dickie. And then they separate. And Critter gets up and he comes walking through the crowd. Of course, like, you know, Moses is separating the waves. He gets up and the crowd just moves out of the way and he comes over. Of course, I'm with him, so he goes over to his great big old motorcycle and he gets on and I get on the back and he cranks it over. And then we don't even go three feet and he just kinda, we just kind of go over. So then, you know, I kind of got off quick and then he picks it back up and I get on again and then we take off just by ourselves. And I had mentioned earlier that I thought how nice it would be maybe if we could just go for a ride. Mm. So all the way back to hog heaven, it's just me and him it's a moonlit night and he's just rolling down those two-lane black tops just the two of us on this great big old motorcycle and it's, it's just beautiful you know so we get back to hog heaven by the time we get there all the other bikers and their old ladies they're already there their motorcycles are shut off and they're in the hooch so you know, he parks his motorcycle, shuts it off, and I get off, and I walk in the hooch, and, you know, I kind of go over, and I don't know what I did. I just sat down or something. And then a couple minutes later, he comes in. And you could hear it. He stopped. They had, a, they had a cooler right outside the door, like for water, drinking water and stuff. Well, you could kind of hear him out there, like, whoosh, whoosh, spitting, you know, and stuff. So then he, he comes in, and, you know, as soon as he walks and closes the, the rug doorway behind him, somebody says, what's that in your beard? and he goes oh yeah you know, he goes oh it's blood so he turns around he goes back out and he gets in you can hear him drinking and spitting and he comes back in and somebody goes like what the hell was going on back there so he says now you know, to, to use you know a few expletives he goes i don't know he said we were having a good time and i was walking out the door and this guy comes up he accuses me of fucking his old lady I didn't even know his old lady. And then he grabbed a hold of me and got me down on the ground and it was kinda hurting my knees. Well, I didn't wanna kill him, so I just chewed part of his ear off. <laughs> 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 but who are these guys so, you're hanging out with? So the whole time Mike Tyson he was making that guy go through all that stuff is when he's biting down on his oh, ear. Right. Damn. So, you know, and I so I and I thought to myself, you know, the guy's lucky. Killer, you know, critter could have killed him in a heartbeat. Yeah. But he didn't, you know. So then the next day, some of the other bikers who, you know, lived in town, they came, they went home and then they came back. And they said, "Oh, some of this guy's friends, came started coming around they came to the duplex you know where the bikers you know were
1: they got his ear the bit guy, off?
0: yeah oh wow because you know obviously he had he had to go to the emergency room so some of his friends showed up at the duplex we wanted to know where's this critter guy where can we find yeah. him yeah and you know the other biker said look dude you just better your friend is lucky to be alive and you should just drop this and let it go and so that's basically what happened <laughs> so needless to say the next day critter said oh no you got to stick around we're gonna have a party you know and and he said you know you got to stick around it's a good time be a lot of guys a lot of old ladies and he said you know everybody's gonna have a good time but you just got to remember to always kind of pay attention to what's going on, don't let yourself get too carried away because some of these guys are you know yeah so I thought, you know, it sounded great, but I kept thinking, you know, this this is, this is not,
1: not the lifestyle th- for me. This is
0: not my lifestyle. This is not really the kind of people I'm used to hanging out yeah. with. And I felt after four or five days, um, I, you know, I had reacquainted myself with my one of my, you know, really good childhood friend. And I could tell there was a strong connection. So basically I said, no, I, I think I better get back up to upstate New York. Yeah. So
1: Was that uh, the last time you ever saw him? It's
0: the last time I saw him. And so that was um August of 76. And in the spring of, of 77, I think I was at the Rogers Center by then in upstate New York working with a wildlife biologist when I got a, I got a letter from his sister Debbie mm. and I thought, oh, Debbie wrote, you know, Debbie's writing me and I read it and, uh, she tells me that Critter's dead. Um, he, he wanted, she had always wanted to have horses so he wanted to clear some spot, a spot for her out at Hog Heaven because she was gonna get settled in, in Gainesville because she wanted to be by her brother. She liked Gainesville, University City, kind of, you know, yeah. kind of a neat place and, um, so he was going to burn off some of field to make you know for grass for pasture and apparently uh winds came up the fire kind of got away from him they had a i think um the pollock had an old car that was there mm-hmm. fire got under the car You know, the gas tank blew up. Spread, you know, the fire started spreading. Wild Bear, you know, they were miles away from a phone. Wild Bear got on the his hog to take off to go get the fire department. By the time they came back, Critter, of course, this is his hog heaven. This is where he's got his life staked now. He had been fighting this fire all by himself in Florida in the heat. They had been out the night before drinking and raising hell, so he was probably dehydrated. And uh, after the, you know, the fire department got there and they got the fire under control, he just dropped over. And by the time they got him to the hospital, basically he had burned up. I mean, he just, you know, he just um, wow. overheated. Wow. Know, being dehydrated, overexertion, and um, he, his body, just his brain just basically cooked. That's crazy. Yeah, so he was
1: he was gone. Man. Yeah. That's insane. It's also insane to think that that's the way he goes, you know, mother nature after all that just yeah. um taking him as a young man. Um well, le- let's move then after um So, well, let me just uh, a couple things about yeah. Critter.
0: So, this week with this this friend Um, is is going to have a a lasting effect on me because months later I'm at some point when we can come to later in this whole story that, that I'm going to decide to uh, write a young adult novel and um, it, I want to want it to be about the Vietnam my experience in the Vietnam War, and of course now I start reading a lot about Indochina and the Vietnam War, about u s foreign policy and then at some point later, I decided that you know I wanted to write a story about Critter mm. because now once I learn uh, this is many many months later I, I start learning a lot about why we didn't belong in Vietnam and how so many young men like him had been betrayed by our government and our system that I felt I wanted to write. I was going to write a, um, a biography of him. Mm-hmm. So I actually went back to Miami and spent time with his mom and dad. I spent time with his grandmother. His mom went with me to his grave in Miami Oh wow. I spent more time with his sister and gathering all, you know, this in in my journal, you know, this is all in the, in all in my autobiography. Uh, but I realized I reach a point where I realized I didn't want to write a biography because I didn't really know if his family really wanted on paper in a, in, you know, in a story about him, about the last part of his life. Hmm. I felt they really, they deserved to be proud of him as the warrior that he was. And had he been a warrior during world war two, like his father, he would have been, uh, you know, his, his decorations would have meant so much more. He would have been, you know, I mean, people would have been so proud of yeah. him, but
1: it was the Vietnam war. He probably would have been, you know, he wouldn't have suffered as much from all the uh, uh, mental, Stress that came afterwards, and all the PTSD and
0: yeah. yeah. So that's when I decide, uh, years later, that I'm going to I'm going to write a, a young adult novel, and he's going to be one of the main characters as a warrior, and what it means to be
1: a warrior. How many years about was it later that you decided to go for it?
0: Uh Let's see. So this so uh, critters in '76. And this is in the 80s. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it must be, well, it's when we came, it's when we were in New Zealand. So this is 90. Oh,
1: wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So that's way ahead. I didn't even realize. Yeah. Yeah. He stayed with me a
0: lot. I, you know, every, every, almost every book. I mean, I've got, if you go upstairs and look
1: at my bookshelf, that
0: whole bottom shelf is nothing but books on Vietnam. Yeah.
1: And um, I didn't realize that's kind of where the Vietnam. Sort of Colonel started, I guess, of that whole thing. Yeah, in a way,
0: in, in a sense, yes, because it, I, you know, I, I always start, you know, I start thinking about him in the context context of what I'm I'm learning about yeah. the war in Indochina. But one of the other interesting things is, in the in the when Jeffrey Gail, and I are. You know, after we buy the land in the Ozark Mountains in Arkansas, we decide that we're going to go look for land out in Newfoundland because we want to live where there aren't any nuclear power plants. And we're going on this, you know, we've lived, we, you know, we spent about nine months living outdoors between this land we buy in the Ozark Mountains and the tree planting and everything. Well,
1: we should go back to that. Well, we can okay. come back. Okay. okay.
0: But one of the interesting things is when Jeffrey and I were traveling, we didn't have a radio or tape deck or anything in the truck. Uh, he And he, did, he he really, it was his truck, he wanted to do all the driving. So I i was reading, at that time, there was a great book by William Shawcroft. It was called um, Sideshow, Nixon-Kissinger in the Destruction of Cambodia. And it's basically how when the general, U.S. generals kept using all these lame excuses that, well, you know, we could have defeated the Vietnamese if you would have just turned us loose. You know, this is after they've dropped more bombs on Vietnam than had ever been dropped in the history of warfare in the entire history of the world. You know, after they've defoliated thousands of acres and po- I mean, the generals were just, they all should have really been brought up on war crimes. Anyway, that's not good enough. Now they're going to do it again in Cambodia. That's what Shawcroft's book is all about. But there comes a there's a section of Shawcroft's book where he's writing about these U.S. Army soldiers that were called Daniel Boons that are going into Cambodia illegally, no insignia, nothing on their uniforms. They're traveling with Vietnam, you know, with Vietnamese Rangers, search and destroy missions. And I'm reading this, and and I'm and that's all when I'm you know in, Put it in Nova Scotia, yeah. you know, in I pick you know a truck thinking. Holy shit, that was Critter. That's what he was doing. He didn't have the name for it when he was explaining it to me, but that's basically what the program that he was a part of at the time, uh, when that's when basically they were, you know, had this excuse that, well, the Viet Cong are hanging out in Cambodia, so we need to be able to go after them. But, um, yeah, so that's the... Wow. Okay,
1: so that's that's crazy. I I knew some of that, not all of it. I feel like there are some hidden gems in there. I um, and so I want to take it back a little bit um to the Rick Rogers story and the sort of how the nature nature outdoorsman aspect develops once you kind of get up there and get into the the whole Martin trapping extravaganza. Oh. I guess yeah. we'll we'll get it next time. <laughs> All right, hold that thought. Telling them in chapters, Mama's home. All right. All right. Well, thanks, Kate. Thank you, Pop. Thank you, right. for, Appreciate thank you for being so open. All right, All y'all. Right. Thank you for tuning in. As always, uh, drop this man a line at irktalesandbirdsong at gmail.com. You know where to find him. Um, thank you for tuning in. Thanks, Pop. You're welcome.